Thank you so much for tuning in today uh, with the Interview Accelerator podcast. Uh, I am your host, Travis Patterson, interview consultant and expert. Today I have the pleasure of having the subject matter expert, uh, Corey Smith. Uh, We're going to talk about negotiating salaries to kind of give you a a little insight about who Corey Smith is. He's the co-founder of Good People, which is a diversity and consulting firm and also a diversity staffing firm. He's a former VP of Early Exposure at OHUB, which is the Opportunity Hub, which focuses on college students and young professionals in technology. How are you doing today, Corey? I'm doing fine. How about yourself, Travis? Man, I'm so grateful to have you on today because we've had a lot of conversation around this, and having job interviewers require this type of information, I'm just so happy and grateful to have you on to kind of shed light on on the topic, so I, I really appreciate you for having for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I am the co-founder of Good People. Good People is a diversity firm. Um, I have been working in the diversity space now for about seven to eight years. Um, Good People, we focus on just leveling the playing field in general, and the way that we do that is that we um, like work at the top of the funnel as far as creating opportunities for black and brown folks um, at corporations and tech companies um, from senior management director to executive suite. We also do consulting with executives as well, mainly like your D&I chief officer at companies. Um, We work really closely with them, and um, we also train, like right now with the, the stuff that's going on in the world, um, a lot of companies are training um, their entire staff um, just to be sensitive to, um, you know, to, to different cultures, and we kind of help them navigate through that. Oh, wow. That is super important to, to have that um, in, in the back pocket, especially, you know, with different executives at different levels and different businesses. Um, I've had my own experiences uh, when it comes to not working in a diverse area or diverse uh, yep. company and not for me it, it didn't have anything to do exactly with the fact that no one looked like me it was more so that what they were into and what they talked about I can tell that it just wasn't a good fit as far as how the office conversation was and I just felt like they were kinda uh, turning a, a, a blind eye to the fact that yep. you know some of the stuff that they talked about was a little sensitive and, and they just were, I guess, desensitizing uh, the entire subject. So, um, man, I'm I'm happy that you do that and, and you bring in that that information for those people to to open up that that thought process. It's just really about understanding each other and creating emotional intelligence. Throw that word around a lot, but it actually um, is something that's is that's super needed in in the workplace, and we just try to create safe workspaces. One of the questions that I get oftentimes, especially doing interview coaching, is how do you know, as it pertains to salary negotiating, how do you know what you should ask for? Initially, it it starts with conversations like this, right? Because um, a lot of of people in general, but especially um, black and brown folks, we don't even know that negotiation is – is available like like we are sometimes just happy to be at the table, um, and then later on we're looking back in hindsight and we're not we're not I, I still feel like 
as a people, we don't think that this has anything to do with it. But if your colleague that came in at the same time as you um, in the exact same role thought to negotiate and you didn't, right. then you're already playing behind. You're, right. you're behind the eight ball. So stuff like Glassdoor is a great you know, resource to just look up you know, the company and the position that you're in um, to find you know, things out like that. Something that I also do, man, people don't want to talk about their salary. I think that we need to do that more often, to be honest with you. Um, it's like, you know, not politically correct to have those conversations, but I think that we also should be, you know, networking with people that, um, that are in our field and just having, you know, real conversations. And I'm not just talking about just like you're only my colleague, but, you know, when you, when you befriend someone and you really get to know them, like it's just, it, we just have to have more open conversations in general. And I think sure. it starts with conversations like the one that we're having right now. I definitely agree with that, a thousand percent. Um, it's, and it seems like when you talk about money, of course, a lot mm -hmm. of human resources department was, will tell you uh, your salary is yours, your, your pay wage is yours, don't talk about your salary to your other coworkers, which I get it because it creates uh, confusion, strife, and it, it even may cause discord in the workplace where your performance levels of some teammates may decrease because they feel like they're not valued as highly as their uh, coworker that's right beside them making $3 more an hour or even $10,000 more a year. But not being afraid of having that conversation, asking the right questions to the right people can really uplift the entire corporation. I think that different businesses could benefit from that if they weren't in that type of mindset to, to hold that back. But at least if we're not putting that weight on the employer, then we can give it to the employees or even uh, the candidates prior. How do you even get into the conversation? How do you ask for... <laughs> Uh, increase. So how do you how do you ask for the negotiation? How, how do you actually just break into it? I mean, I think the best time to do it, first of all, is, is when you're coming in. I mean, a lot of companies will do like annual reviews, and you know, people get um, you know an annual um, increase in, in pay. Uh, in some cases, um, in some cases, not. But I think when you walk, you know, when you come through the door, if you've done your research, like when you're in, you know, interviewing with the company. Um, for myself personally, I didn't see it this way initially, but after having a conversation with students at over 370 different colleges, like, I interview pretty well. My interviewing skills are really like you have to know your value. So I'm asking you probably just as much questions as you're asking me. Right. Like, I want to know why this company, why should I work at this company, right? And then exactly. let's just be honest. A, a big part of that is, is, is pay, Right. So I've, I've never been shy of this conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, some companies are, are, are going to have like a flat salary, especially like in sales and stuff like that. And then you can increase it based on, you know, your work that you put in. But salary-based positions are usually always negotiable. So, you know, when you get wow. deep in the interviewing stage and you think that this company is really interested in hiring you, then you need to, you know, throw out there what you're looking at because you should have already asked them at this point, you know, what the salary is that they're paying, you know, what if it's, if it's uh, sales, what's the commission structure, if it's bonus, what's the bonus structure. Like, we can't shy away from these conversations. So if you bring these things up on the front end, 
and you already know what they're thinking, and then you got to do your research, like I mentioned, like the glass door or through, you know, uh, personal network or whatever the case is. You do your research, and then you, you know, compare the two. And if they're not where they need to be at, then we need to have that conversation. And you mentioned earlier that, you know, companies in HR, uh, you know, says your salary is your salary. Let's just be honest. Like, yeah. negotiation is two sides, right? You know, one side is, is, is always, you know, one side is going to win, I should say. Um, and at the end of the day, it's up to us to have this open communication and, and dialogue and talk about these things. Um, but HR can't stop you from having a conversation like this or being part of, uh, you know, conversations and listening to podcasts. There's right. stuff out there. If you research it, you will find it. And, and everything to me in my mind at the end of the day is a Google search away. And I've never heard of an employer saying, hey, sign this non-disclosure agreement <laughs> that says you don't talk exactly. about your salary. <laughs> so, exactly. But what I, I would say this also, though. Remember back in the days when, you know, it's more like probably our parents' days where, you know, they joined the union, right? The union was, was a place where they communicated, they kept the playing field level. These days, there's not a whole lot of unions out there, right? You know, they still have a player union in, in, in professional sports and, and a lot of factory type of jobs and even acting, um, believe it or not. But in just corporate America, there's not a union. So they, they don't want us to unionize and have conversation, open dialogue, because once we come together, you know, we win. So it's up to us to do that. So you have to go out and find that information yourself, and then you have to ask for what you are worth. Period. And the worst thing they can say is no. I remember staffing a site that had its own ecosystem. It had its own population out there. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I want to say it was close to 1,500 people uh, that worked on this one location, this one site, this manufacturing site. And when it came down to that word, like I, I, never, I never heard it before because this was 10 years ago. I was a lot younger and experienced, but I like people would say union, and there was no unions in this location. However, they would always whisper about it. They would say, you know, if we had a union, such as like, what are they talking about? You know, um, <laughs> such as unionization. And I was just, I never understood it. Talking about unions, talking about pay, talking about race, there's always something that's oftentimes uncomfortable to talk about. Mm -hmm. And you don't understand what the problem is until you open up that line of communication. So quick exercise, right? I'm, I'm the job. Uh, I'm the employer. And you're coming into, you know, the Interview Accelerator, Inc. <laughs> and you're, you're, you know, applying for this position as head of uh, business development or early exposure. And so mm -hmm. talking about, how do you ask for it? How do you ask for the negotiation? How do you ask for the increase in salary? Um, how, how do you bring that in? So I'm going to say, Corey, your resume looks great. This was a really great conversation. I think that you know, you'll make a good fit for our operation here. The starting salary is $50,000. Um, how soon could you start? Well, I personally feel like at that moment when you asked me that question, um, 
if it doesn't align with what I've already researched and what I'm already thinking in my mind, I'm going to have that just open conversation right there. So, hey, I've done some research, Mr. Manager, and this position, the average pay for this position is about $55,000, right? And then the high end, you know, the people that, that are, you know, do really well in this position, they're more about 60. My background has proven that I do really well at what I do, and I think my value is closer to $60,000. Um, and you can do this two, two ways. You can, you can have this conversation verbally, but I think that it's smarter to actually have it written, um, just like they have to send you a written offer. Um, that's when you can counter back through email and, and just, you know, first of all, you know, build a value, right? Uh, earn the right, as we say, why I'm worth this money, where I got this from. I didn't get it out the sky. I actually did research. Use, list some of those sources, and then ask for what you're worth. And then that's when the conversation starts. And it's okay to come in high. Or start high because it's called a negotiation for a reason. You all are probably going to end up meeting somewhere in the middle. So you have to keep that in mind as well. And think about this. You know, large corporations, they're not fools, right? So right. they're anticipating the negotiation. So even the, the amount that they throw out there, they're starting low because that's, you know, they're, they're smart. That's the reason why they have scaled and, and, and grew the way that they have. And they have attorneys that are helping them. They have analysts. They have all of that in place when they even offer you that offer, right? So you are already the deck stacked against you from the beginning because you don't have all that. But they got this little magical thing now called Google where you can search and you can find out the same information that, you know, that they spent all this money to, to figure out, but they're banking on that. And I'm going to go back to, you know, diversity. Um, right. We notice a lot, all of us, for the most part, um, and I'm talking about women um, versus men. I'm talking about, you know, black and brown employees, um, um, you know, versus their counterpart being, you know, Asian or, or Caucasian. We notice that we're being paid less for the exact same work, right? Let's just call a spade a spade. It I think, that way. I believe, it does, but I believe a lot of it is, we're not asking for what we're worth up front, yes. and they are. And that's a problem, and that's where, you know, we have to, we we have to move the needle by having a promise. Exactly. And it's up to us to do that, and it's up to us to do the research and figure these things out. Man, you just <laughs> – that, that part alone people are going to share. In fact, if you, don't, if, if you haven't shared the, this episode yet, go ahead and hit the share button right now. If you're listening on any platform that you're on, because that part right there, your your brother, your sister, your cousin, your mother, your best friend, your 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 groomsman that's in your wedding, your your your, your fiance, your wife, whomever, your coworkers, they need to know what what Corey just spilled. You know, uh, this this training, this this is this episode wasn't even intended for training. This. What Corey just shared, they're not teaching that in the education system. So you just got that for free, y'all. Um, that's that, that's that's awesome. So, and, and and what I notice is that 
and, and you're right. You know, businesses are in business for a reason. They're they're going to make money. Every position is either going to make them money or save them money. It just can't be an expense position. So the idea in hiring the right person and getting them to do the get the job get the job done for less is for the zero sum game. They're they're looking for that opportunity where they're really going to get more. But in their mind, it's not about <laughs> zero sum game. They're they're really about winning and getting more from you than they're willing to pay for. And, and, I, and I'm not trying to say every employer is like this. Obviously, you know, that's not the case. But oftentimes, every employer is in it to increase their profits and not be in the deficit. So you just have to do exactly what Corey shared with us. Uh, speaking of uh, diversity in salary, you know, and salary, I do want to probably just – come a little bit more into that because, again, that is an uncomfortable conversation at time, but it, it needs to be had. But before we do that, I want to ask you, uh, how do you use, in a real scenario, how do you use personal value to bring up your financial ask? And I, I think you kind of touched on it a little bit just then in the scenario. But, you know, example, you have two degrees one is in a language, another one is in healthcare, and you work in healthcare, mm -hmm. but you're making, you know, 15 bucks an hour, where, you know, you know that you know you should be making close to 60 to 70 thousand a year, but you're you're around the 30s, and uh, and barely scratching the 40s. Uh, how do you use your personal value, as far as bringing it to the company? to build up to that point where you're uh, or positioning yourself more so to negotiate for that financial ask? So the whole interview process, to me, the way that I look at it is you're building value throughout that process, right? It's, right. it's you're selling yourself. No, you know, some people um, realize that they're in sales and, and other people are scared to say they're in sales. But, you know, based on what you just said, Every position at any company is a sales position to a certain degree. You have to prove your worth. You know, once you get the job, then you still have to figure out a way to add value to this company or they're not going to pay you that salary. Yeah, that point part. period, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's very important that um, to get to answer your question, it's very important that you're selling yourself. Like, you know, when I, when I apply for this job, I see immediately, you know, based on my skill set, my experience, my education, I can add value to this company, and I got to make sure that they understand that and they know that, right? Um, and myself personally, you know, you mentioned, you know, business development. Um, I've been in some form of business development my whole life. I've always been an entrepreneur. I've worked in, you know, corporation uh, and corporate as, you know, doing sales and, and managing teams and, and business development. Um, so I know that I'm in sales, right? I don't, I don't, I don't have to guess about that. But, you know, <laughs> people that are recruiting, they're, they're in sales. Like if you're not performing as a recruiter, they're going to let you go. You right. know what I mean? So, so you have to always understand when you're walking into a company, you, when they're giving you any amount of money, there's not a company in America in the world that can afford to give away money for you to sit on their clock, right? So you just have to be able to, um, to position yourself in those interviews to let them know what you're bringing to the table. And to be honest with you, you've got to be honest with yourself as well. 
you know, when you're sitting at these companies, if you're, if you're in, a, in a position that you really don't care about, you're lackluster, like, like, let's stop wasting our time, people. You know, find something that you're passionate about, something that you love, and then you can, you can speak with honesty and clarity that, hey, I am going to come in this, this company, and I'm going to set it on fire. I'm excited to be there. Companies love to hear that kind of excitement from the beginning because when you're excited, you're getting them excited. Because mm-hmm. if they're interviewing 10 other, pe- 10 other people um, that all claim they could do the same job as you could, why, am I gonna, why are they going to choose you? So wow. my point of what I'm saying is that you're building the value from the beginning, right? And then I would also say this, because we're talking about negotiation, it's never too late. Um, you know, once you got in there, like you, you may, you know, be listening to this podcast right now and say, hey, I'm at this company. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I do very well at this company, and I did not negotiate salary. So no, uh, up front. So no, it's not like I need to go look for another job now so I can go negotiate salary. And you may, you know, want to do that as well. Um, but it's being able to prove your worth. So once you have the opportunity, and that's what experience is, when companies are looking at experience, they want to know what you've done in the past. You know, not just, hey, I was, you know, a switchboard operator. and you know, this, that, What did you do when you had that opportunity to be a switchboard operator? You know what I mean? Did, mm-hmm. did, you, did you do something to add value to that company? And that's part of the conversation, you know, that you're having in an interview um, if, if, to me, if you're, if you're trying to maximize the opportunity, that you have to have these conversations, but you also have to be real with yourself when you're in position, and you have to bring your all every day. And if you do that, I don't think you have any problem negotiating salary because people know that. You know, people, people you know, want references. They want to talk to people. And, and if you did what you were supposed to do, you should have left a lasting impression wherever you were at, and you should be able to communicate that as well uh, in an interview. Wow. Wow. Oh, man, you, 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 you don't <laughs> readers and listeners right now are getting some good feed. You, 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 you serving it for real. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you said something that it, it made me wonder just, I guess, you know, yes or no, straight up. Is it better to negotiate with your current employer? So at this point, You've already, you've already accepted a job. You've been in for six months and, mm-hmm. or, or even a year, and you have not uh, seen a raise. Uh, you have not, your performance hasn't uh, re- impacted the conversation of increasing your, your, your income. Should a person try to negotiate with their current employer or should they, should they consider more so consider the option of leaving that employer to get paid what they feel like they're worth at the next job. You should absolutely, definitely, um, if you like your job, you like where you're at, you like the team that you are on, you know, the grass is not always greener, you should definitely um, speak up and have that conversation with your current employer. Um, And I want to give you one example of that. I think that this will hit home to everybody, for everyone. I have a, uh, a close friend. Um, I'm not going to mention her name. She worked for GitHub. You familiar with GitHub? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yep, yep. So GitHub has recently been acquired by Microsoft, right? 
My friend, and, you know, you even mentioned education. My friend literally got a job at GitHub, which was like a very uh, upcoming tech company that, um, you know, they looked for the smartest people in the world. She got a job right out of high school. Now, this friend is not the average, you know, student coming out of high school. I, I, I'll just say that. So I'm not trying to, you know, encourage people not to get further education because you should, but there's so many different opportunities for that. You can go to coding boot camp if you're an engineer. You don't have to, you know, there's, there's, there's different ways to get where you want to get. But she came in, first of all, she's right out of high school, so she has zero experience, right? She right. is literally excited, ecstatic, and happy that she got the job, okay? So, no, she did not negotiate coming in. She couldn't believe she got a job with GitHub coming, you know, straight out of high school. Um, so she accepted, you know, the original offer, and she got there, and she showed her work, right? She did her thing. They were super, super, super uh, impressed with uh, her work. So by being at a company where, you know, most of their, you know, employees, this is the Silicon Valley company, uh, you know, went to Stanford, went to you know, Cal Berkeley, um, that they may have just had conversation with their family. You know, it wasn't a lot of black folks there either. Um, so they may have had these conversations at the kitchen table of negotiating salaries yeah. and whatnot. So most of them, they did that on the front end. She didn't do that. But yeah. once she got there and became part of that network and communicating with her colleagues, yeah. you know, they told her, yeah, hey, you, you can ask for more money or, or you can do this. If you're at a, a, a startup that's, you know, fully funded, you can ask for equity. So equity? when she went back, equity, equity. That's, that, listen to me when I tell you this story. She went in and she negotiated a little bit more salary, right? And I'm going to just throw it out. There's not the, the actual numbers. But let's say she was making $60,000. She went in and asked for $75,000. Um, she could have probably asked for 85 or 90, but she decided that other portion of, of cash, she was going to ask for equity in the company because after talking to some of her colleagues, they had equity in the company. That was part of their negotiation, right? Wow. So long story short, um, a couple of years ago, Microsoft acquired, and she, she got that. They gave it to her without even thinking twice about it, like, yes. So she's actually worth it. We are going to give her what she asked for. So she got the equity. The company got acquired by Microsoft, you know, a couple of years after that. I want to say she's been there about five years. She became a millionaire instantly. Because a millionaire. she asked for equity. A multimillionaire. So, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so what you're saying is, she had the opportunity to say, okay, I want a $15,000 increase in my salary per year. But mm -hmm. the conversation said, you know what, instead let me, I guess, take that $15,000 and invest it toward the equity. Just give me that amount, the equivalent, in a sense, in equity in, into the company. She got both. She got cash and equity. But she was smart enough to ask for the equity. And she was, like, so shocked when they said yes. Like, really? Dang, I should have probably asked for more to get it to me so easily. <laughs> but she had the opportunity. Now, this is, this is the benefit of, to answer your question, of already being there. These people know your value at this point, right? They see right. you work. They see what you bring to the table. They can't afford to lose you. So, yeah, you know, why not? 
Bob, Sally, and John have equity, and they're not as good as her. Why would I say no? So she got what she asked for, and because she asked for it, she's a multimillionaire now. And she still works for the company. She She told me that a lot of her – yep, she told me a lot of her peers, you know, quit when they got acquired because they were millionaires. You know, they, you know, went and and traveled for a year and then started their own company, and some of them, you know, went back to corporate America. But she stayed. And she stayed and kept that money in her bank and continued to build her value and got more and more and more as the years passed. Wow. Take, take notes. Take notes. So not only did true, this. True, true story, too, guys. Wow. So, so she got both the increase in her salary. If you don't ask for it, you won't get it, obviously. Uh, she got yep. both the increase in the salary, but also acquired equity into the company because she was able to have that conversation, and she brought value to the table, and she built their relationship up while she was there already. Um, just to think, $7.81 an hour increase. This, that's $15,000 incre- increase for the year. It's just seven dollars and eighty-one cent an hour increase onto the paycheck, but not being afraid to ask for that conversation. That increase also was matched, or it also came with a million-dollar uh, acquisition for that stock or equity that she had into the company. We, uh, I, I think, people are going to be looking to probably get a little bit more detail on the story or, or at least learn a little bit more about how to even ask for that. I, I may have to ask you mm-hmm. on, you know, for another episode or, or, or I might just have them to, <laughs> to go to your, go to your websites or, or go to, you know, your social media and, and ask you for that. So um, how, how can people uh, get in contact with you? Uh, people can go to uh, our website, which is uh, goodpeople.careers. You can also find me on LinkedIn just Corey Smith, um, just put Corey Smith slash OHUB and, and it should come up and you can communicate um, to me on LinkedIn as well. And guys, I'll be sure to make sure that that link is in the episode description below. So let's go. Let's make it happen. Um, again, my name is Corey Smith. So you can just, um, there, there's a contact us um, button on the website. Um, you can mention my name if you have any direct questions for me. Uh, but more importantly, um, and also just to answer the, the first part of your question, Trevor, yes, we could have a second episode. We could take a deeper dive uh, into this as well. But um, most importantly, this is a, there's an old saying, and I just want everybody to hear this loud and clear. This is like from my great-grandfather, right? He was born right after slavery, and he tell me this all the time. Closed mouths don't eat. And it's simple as that when it comes <laughs> to negotiating. If you don't open your mouth, you're not going to get anything. But let's just say this, keep your mouth closed if you have not built the value in your past experience or your current experience. Ooh. So it's two, it's, it's two parts to that. You've got to bring it, and then you can ask for your value. Huh. Yeah. You know, th- th- this is not even church, but you stepped on some toes. Corey Smith, <laughs> everybody, thank you so much for coming on. Um, it, it has been a, a great, great uh, information share and value share. Um, Corey Smith, co-founder of Good People in Diversity Consulting, Diversity Staffing, uh, again, former VP of Early Exposure at OHUB. 
Opportunity Hub, which focuses on college students and young professionals in technology.